Welcome to True Freedom, a new podcast for you. If you're searching, if you're longing, if you know there's something more you need in life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Richard Stokes, and our guide for this podcast is Bodie Aldridge, transformational leadership coach, author, teacher, and great friend of mine. Each week, we jointly explore a topic or a theme that's likely to matter to you and your life right now. I'll put some questions to Bodhi and he'll share his profound wisdom. The idea is you can take that wisdom and see how it feels to you. Sit with it, ponder it, live with it, and maybe do something with it. This is our invitation to you and our offer is to provide a map to this territory and to give you some tools for how best to navigate this journey that you're on. We invite you to come and play as well. We really want to hear from you, your thoughts and your questions and more of how to get involved in the show notes. And several episodes into this first series, we've had an amazing response so far. We love how you're getting involved with the show, asking questions, making suggestions for future episodes and leaving those all important reviews on Apple Podcasts. So we're deeply grateful uh, for all your support. So please keep sharing and please keep using the wisdom. Okay, this week, we're going to explore another foundational topic, and that is money. Yes, money is in all our lives, whether we like it or not, and we all have a relationship with it. And it's intrinsic to us and reflects so much about us. It's in our values, you know, does it drive and does it motivate us? Partly, entirely, or not at all. Um, our beliefs, which we've talked about on previous episodes, which we can definitely talk about a lot today, about money. Is it abundant to us or is it always scarce? And can we change that? Um, and our experience of money, you know, is it coming to you? Is it going away? And often that experience is really bound up with how you've grown up and your family of origin. And it can be hard to make a break from what you've inherited as in an attitude to money. So lots and lots we want to get into today. Um, and clearly a really important topic and one that some of you have asked us to cover. So here we are today talking about money. And without further ado, I want to say hello to Bodhi over in Australia. How are you doing, Bodhi? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Rich. Yeah, what a, a juicy topic. As you were sharing, I was like, <laughs> the old money stuff. <laughs> the old money stuff. I think, you know, we've obviously known each other for a long time and we've done some work together. I think it's probably one of the first areas that we worked on because, hey, I've got some money stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> so I'm sure we'll, we'll get into a bit of that today. Um, yeah. And as we were just preparing for the episode, we we're just talking about, you know, you've got your own experience over your sort of work and your life with with money as well. So I'm sure we'll be telling some stories uh, on that on that too. But in terms of, you know, this seems really intrinsic, doesn't it? Um, with, this is about freedom. This is true, the True Freedom podcast. Freedom and money. How do they sit together, Bodhi? And how can we work through that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's so important. And remember, we're talking about freedom from the inside out. Yeah, and so some people may think, yeah, you know, give me 20 million euros and I'll be free. Uh, that's a different model. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> our relationship with money. And essentially, this freedom journey, true freedom, remember, it's freedom from, yep, and it's freedom cultivating freedom from within so we're freedom from all of our attachments and suffering yeah and that's the essential journey for the masculine and one of the key attachments one of the key distortions on our hero's journey is this relationship with money having worked with thousands of men around the world it's such a sticky place 
and fascinating, often working with them and then in their primary relationships. Yeah, there are two no-go zones in every relationship, every couple that I've worked with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one is money and the other is sex. Yeah, and they are just no-go zones. They're such sticky, triggered areas for most people that we bring these beliefs of money into our relationship, yet it's so tricky to discuss them. So, yeah, if you really want to experience freedom from the inside out, you're going to unhook your relationship with money and notice how it affects all of your relationships. Mm, so money money is a, a no-go zone, and you've, and you've, and that's from your experience of working with, um, as I say, uh, business leaders and and people's in in couples that it's like it's it's there's so much attached to it there's so much in there so much emotion that it's just i don't want to i don't want to go there yep absolutely if we look at it through the lens of the chakra system yep so money is foundational it's the first chakra yeah it's our safety and security that's why it's so scary mm, right yeah it's our connection to this third dimension And sex is our second chakra, the sacral chakra. It's our expression in the world. So these are foundational pieces to the puzzle of being the best version of yourself. And that's why they're often in the shadow. When we talk about the shadow, they're just areas of ourselves that we haven't shone the light on. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you know, committed relationship, masculine, feminine, same sex, you want to amplify your development, get in a committed relationship. It's going to bring up all your stuff and it's going to bring up the money and sex stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that, as you say, that can be sticky. That can be super uncomfortable um, for people. So what, but what have you seen? Maybe um, when you've seen people go through that, don't want to go there, but then embrace it. What have you seen perhaps come out the other side of those really, you know, brutally frank, maybe conversations about money? Yeah, well, as you know, the relationship uh, question is the relationship with yourself. And so often when I work with individuals and couples, it's like when you can bring the best version of yourself to the relationship, there's much more intimacy, there's much more flow, there's much more connection, there's much more harmony. Yeah, because these are foundational pieces to the puzzle Again, you know, often our listeners, married, mortgage, business, kids, yeah, it's the money, the foundational piece and the masculine and feminine. And so maybe if I lean into some of the territory here, yeah, mm. and we can see how it plays out um, in intimate relationships and also in business relationships. And one of the fundamental pieces to realise about money is that essentially money is just energy. It's not good or bad. And it's just the energy that in the Western world we've decided to use to exchange for goods and services. And so what happens is, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, that essentially whenever we meet the external world, we get to give it a meaning. Remember, inherently the external world is meaningless and we're giving it a meaning through our filters, through our subconscious mind. And so what happens is we project all of this meaning onto money, onto this energy. And because most of us are unconscious of it, 
and the familial belief system, which you mentioned, and the cultural belief system, often we're already starting with money is bad. Yeah, money is the root of all evil. Um, business is bad. Yeah, these unconscious beliefs, which then often form themselves in two fundamental contexts. Yeah, and remember, context gives meaning to your world. And again, as you touched on, the fundamental shift first yeah, is to notice, do I come from a place of scarcity or do I come from a place of abundance? Mm. Because if you come from an unconscious belief of scarcity that there's not enough, that I've got to get my share, that I've got to work hard and hoard mine, yet then normally you're in a place of fear and resistance when it comes to money. And again, this isn't good or bad. This is just giving our listeners, if you really want true freedom, it doesn't live in resistance. If you shift that context to a place of abundance, now abundance isn't about being frivolous or foolish with our money. It's fundamentally the belief that there is more than enough, whatever you're abundant about. And this can play out with time as well. Yet if we look at it from a place of money, if you fundamentally believe there is more than enough money for everybody, including you, mm. then you already start having a different meaning and relationship with this energy called money. Yeah. Uh, because then you move into this place of flow. You're much more willing to give and receive. You're much more willing to relax. One of the first things with our relationship with money is to get grounded, present, and just relax. Yeah, because we get so tense around this. Does that make sense? Oh, well, yes, completely. Just when, just when you were talking about the, the relax versus the tension. Because in yep. my life, I seem to sort of veer, bounce around between the two. All is fine. Got everything covered to, oh, didn't see that bill coming, man. Now I'm tense. I'm going to afford this yep. other thing that we need for the family. So I'm personally speaking, bouncing between the two, I think. Uh, and I was just that, that thought when you, when you were talking about, you know, obviously scarcity and abundance, it sort of feels like the, the, the certainly the Western cultural narrative that I'm sure everyone receives essentially there isn't enough because there's rich and poor there's successful and unsuccessful and and they're too often put together aren't they you know if you're rich you're successful if you're poor you're not um, yep. and you better not be in the poor the poor bucket you want to be over there so you've got to you know, work harder do more as you say bring it all to you um that and that just feels like and i don't think that's just my experience that feels yep. like the, the generally the western orthodoxy around money is you got to go and hustle for it and go and get it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all driven by fear, mm. which is what scarcity is in this in yeah. this definition. And so absolutely, the cultural uh, conversation, the cultural belief system and the familial belief system is based on fear. There isn't enough. Yeah, we've got to get our share and you've got to make sure you protect your share. I've worked with some very, very wealthy people yeah, who spend more time protecting their money in fear than enjoying their money in flow. Mm. Yeah, and if you talk to people and you just look at the way people live, often they have lots of money, then they move into a gated community. 
then they increased the alarms and the CCT cameras. Mm. <laughs> they spent most of their time trying to protect their wealth from this place of fear. And again, it's yeah. not good or bad. It's just an observation of yeah the other side of the coin. Well, I suppose in there that yeah that money and fear, because what what do we fear? We fear losing our money through doing something ourselves wrong, and we fear someone else taking our money. Right? Yep. You know, hence the gated communities and 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 so much crime is uh, based around um, money and and theft or, or or what have you. So they're not surprising then. Perhaps that we have all these these fears around money. Um, how 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 do we start? Because when you were, you were talking about that, you know that more relaxed attitude, I was like, oh yeah, give me some of that, as I usually do say to you. I want some more of that, please. <laughs> how, how on earth do we start to let some of these fears around money go? Let's start there. Yeah, and remember the aim. You know, when we move into freedom, true freedom, what we're looking at, as I've mentioned to the listeners many times, every day when you leave your house. Yeah, there is the resistance train, yeah, or the flow train. Mm. Yeah, and freedom and flow are hand and glove. And so the first thing is if you want to get a sense of your relationship with money, and we'll dive a bit deeper, is notice when you meet this energy called money, when you're paying the bills, when you're doing your invoices, mm. yeah, do you go into fear, contraction, resistance, or are you experiencing it from a place of flow yeah, and presence and generosity so that's you know remember the external world is the workshop that's giving you the feedback if there's resistance around money in any aspect of your life yeah, then it's giving you information that maybe i need to shift an internal belief and interesting because as we've touched on the fundamental belief is I'm not good enough, I'm not valuable and lovable. Yes. And we'll talk during this podcast about valuing yourself when it comes to money for any of our listeners who run a business or exchange goods because that's, yeah. if, if I don't believe I'm valuable, it's very hard to value myself yes. in the context yeah. of, of my goods, my product, my services, which is such a tension for so many of our clients. Yes. Yet to answer your question specifically around beliefs, so to give you an example, so I grew up and my mother's belief around money yeah, was don't have any debt. Yeah, debt is a pressure, debt is a worry. And my father's belief around money was just to be frivolous and spend. Wow. Okay. And so... <laughs> two, two dynamics there. Exactly, right. exactly. And, you know, my, my parents separated when I was quite young, yet I noticed for myself when I really started to inquire about my relationship with money is I had these two competing forces inside myself. On the one hand, I would be frivolous and cautious around debt. And on the other hand, when the pressure valve got too, too strong, I would be, you know, absolutely um, irresponsible around money. And so I was getting the information just by starting to get present and looking, looking at this energy money. What am I doing with this? Mm. And that started my journey into unpacking my subconscious beliefs around this energy we call. Isn't it interesting? I did talk about this just in the intro about how we do inherit so much of our attitude and beliefs from our 
parents family of origin whatever it might be and that can go down generations and that 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 resistance to debt one you talk about absolutely you know I grew up uh, my parents like like yours divorced when I was quite young my mum essentially brought me up um and she was very cautious around overstretch so yeah. you know if it meant you know we're not going to go on holiday this year then we're not going to go on holiday but I'm not going to get that credit card I'm not going to be in debt to a friend or family because I, I resist that and, and obviously I'm sitting there as a six seven eight year old highly impressionable <laughs> it's all coming in isn't it we're, as you said we're in download phase that's done this has all been downloaded into my my fundamental operating system uh, <laughs> and I've held that for a really long time and it's really for me obviously you know the work we've done together but also this is where you know the dynamics in my relationship with my wife are, uh, are really interesting because I come from that more of a scarcity background she comes way more from an abundant mm. uh, point of view and somehow and this is what I think it actually works really well is she she pushes us forward and let's dream big and go for this and I slightly <laughs> try to keep us in the realm of reality in terms of let's not overstretch too much but the, and that's our dynamic but it it, it seems yeah. to work quite well but we are it's, it's as you said I think the key thing is when for me is becoming aware of so what is this doing for me do I want to hold yeah. on to that? Or do I want to let, let that go a little bit? So that just coming, you know, bringing mm -hmm. awareness to it. Exactly. Well. Presence and awareness. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're a good saver or a good spender. It's am I coming from love or fear? Mm. Love of self, I'm valuable and lovable. Yep. Or fear, I'm not good enough. Yep. I'm not lovable and valuable. And again, that's the question to ask in each moment. Yeah, where am I coming from? Where's my intention in this moment? Yeah. And for me, it really started. So as you know, I was running my legal business. I had uh, 15, 20 staff. And I really noticed the tension around money. You know, I was often the one, I was a bit of a negotiator, you know, a little bit of, you know, trying to get the best deal. Um, and what often happened, particularly running a small business is, you know, when it came to holiday pay or when it came to compulsory superannuation, pension payments, tax office payments, yet it was such a tension because a lot of our listeners would know cash flow, income doesn't equal cash flow. Yeah. And so even though you've earned the money, suddenly the tax man says, well, now you owe us this and I haven't got the money in the bank. And so this is when I really started to notice because I wasn't enjoying it. I was in this place of scarcity, yet resistance. And as well as my business was doing, I was really tensing up. And then that would play out when it came to paying invoices and those sorts of things. And the shift for me, which really led me to a lot of this work, was when I did get a coach who started to help me look at the business, start me help, help me look at some of these things. And that really set me on a trajectory to realize that I create the whole of my own reality. Yeah. Mm. I create it from the inside out. What I believe I experience. And mm. all beliefs are changeable. You know, so developing the toolkit, which you and I have worked on and which our listeners, you know, are welcome to access is you start to realize, ah, change your belief, change your experience. Well, that is on, on the money stuff. Is that's incredibly profound, isn't it? Um, and yeah. let's just can, can we just? I just want to poke that a little bit, obviously, for on for our for listeners. So, so all I need to do is change my belief 
around money and what it will flow to me uh, or, or I'll, as you said, I'll have more of a loving relationship with it versus a fearful relationship. I think key note you made right at the beginning, this is not about you're simply going to receive a large amount of income. It's more about this attitudinal shift, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as we've discussed in other episodes, so just the shortcut with belief changing, and then we can talk about the qualities mm. of relationship with money. So the shortcut is the fundamental belief again, for all the listeners, yeah, is I'm okay, I'm lovable and valuable. Yeah, because if you still run on the not good enough, you can try and change other beliefs, but they're not going to take any yeah. traction. Yeah, yeah. And this was and this is our second people, episode. Sorry to yeah. jump in. This is our second episode. If people haven't heard that one, I really recommend after listening to this one, go to that because we talk exactly about shifting this belief that Bodhi's talking about. Exactly. And part of that, and there are some teachers out there that talk about the fundamental shift is to the belief that I'm enough, yet there is enough. Mm. Yeah. So if you really, as a foundation, start to realize that you are lovable and valuable, that you are enough, that's the fundamental belief to shift. Now, the other layers of the belief change are, as we've mentioned, scarcity to abundance. Yeah, I'm going to talk about some of the other qualities of your relationship with money and the three steps to belief changing. And as I've mentioned, there are many different teachers out there with many different processes, and I highly recommend you find one that works for you. Yeah, because essentially what we know is that the subconscious mind was programmed, particularly 0 to 7, and can be reprogrammed. And fundamentally, the three steps to belief changing, firstly, whatever technique you use, yeah, is to fully acknowledge what is so what that means acknowledgement is just to recognize it's not judging as good or bad it's not bad that you come from scarcity because as soon as you go into that you've gone into judgment it's just going wow look at this i inherited these beliefs from my family where i believe there's not enough and so you've just got to acknowledge that and acknowledge the feelings again it's just recognizing and feeling the feelings yeah, I feel tense, I feel scared, I feel anxious. The second step to believe changing yeah, is to make a new choice. So if you fully acknowledge the current experience, then make a new choice. What is it that you'd like to experience? Yeah, well, I'd like to come from abundance. I'd like to be in the flow. I'd like to value myself and money, whatever it might be. And the third step to believe changing is your behaviour. Because normally belief changing doesn't happen in one session, although there's some amazing hypnotherapy techniques, there's some incredible NLP techniques out there, you know, there's lots of people in this space. But normally your behaviour needs to start aligning with your subconscious. Yeah. Yep. So you start to behave that way. You start to act as if I'm abundant, even when you feel a bit scared, mm. even when you feel... You haven't got enough. One of the challenges, and again, working with elite sports people, as you know, is that the reason elite sport people are successful is most people, when they're under pressure, revert back to their old beliefs and their old habits. And that's why elite sports people can execute the clutch putt. They can execute kicking the goal after the buzzer. And it's the same with you. When your bank account's low, when you've got a lot of expenses 
when you want to take the kids on that Christmas holiday and you don't think you can afford it, it's not being frivolous. It's just going, what would abundance do now? What would love do now? How do I navigate this from a new place? And in my experience, if people are committed to that, you will start to see a shift. Just that one fundamental process. You know, and what came to mind for me there, and you were talking about the, the, the analogy with elite sports people. I also thought about, and I've spoken to a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs, especially uh, on another podcast. And I think there's something in that with the, the entrepreneurial spirit and belief is something it's going to be okay. I am taking a punt, a risk. I'm investing ahead, but I just deep in their core, their belief is this is going to work. This is going to be okay. And I think that's what really separates that. You know, people talk a lot about entrepreneurial mindset, and I think there's something in that. Do you agree in terms of that's what yeah. it is? And, and in our language, again, which um, I'm not sure if we touched on in episode two, it's commitment. Mm. I think we touched on it in the relationship episode. Yeah. yeah. So commitment means I choose to have no more choice. Yeah. And entrepreneurs, every entrepreneur I know made that commitment, that inner belief. They're committed to their vision. They're committed to their purpose. They're committed to being of service. They don't waver from that. And most of the listeners would know the difference between sitting on the fence and committing to something. Yeah, energetically making that decision. And so I would agree with you that in my experience, entrepreneurs somewhere on their journey, consciously or unconsciously, have committed, whether it's to their business model, their vision, yet to innovation, there's that energetic shift. And then that absolutely plays out in their belief system. Because if you're committed to it, yeah, then when the money's low, the chips are down, you'll find a way. Yep. Mm. One of the definitions of entrepreneur is they do whatever it takes. Mm. They'll do what it, you know, within legal um, boundaries, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. But but essentially that's what they're doing. Whatever it takes to get to this vision or deliver this purpose. And that's why it's it's really interesting. You often see generations of entrepreneur coming out of a family. And I think it's because obviously, as we, as we talked about, and those those key defining years, you're seeing a parent doing their thing, striving, thriving, say finding a way, and that sits with you as a child, and and eventually finds oh here's me doing exactly the same, or yeah. going the exact opposite way. Now I have worked yeah. with <laughs> as well, whose whose parents were entrepreneurs and had massive roller coasters, often involving money, from great abundance to having nothing and guess what what they want to be i want to have a salary every month into my bank account because that is my relationship with money um yeah of course coming from a place of, of fear because i don't want history to repeat itself so we we kind of see it all right yeah and you know again it's not the external experience so the roller coaster entrepreneur are they coming from fear or love are they coming from scarcity or abundance mm. Yep. And so that's the that's the the deeper distinction. Because you might see a roller coaster entrepreneur who succeeds. And as we've touched on, most high achievers that I've worked with come from a fear of I'm not good enough. So their mm. children are still getting the downloads. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the external world, whatever success means to you. And so, you know, great to reconnect and thin slice some of this and 
One of the things for the listeners, I encourage them to reflect on when they look at this energy called money. Yeah, And some people go, what do you mean a relationship with money? Mm. And often what I say is that an easy way to um, look at it is if you think about any relationship, and often we talk about our intimate relationship, our relationships at work, our friendships, well, money as an energy is no different. And if you think about the qualities that you bring to a healthy relationship, and my invitation to the listeners is to look at what qualities you bring to your relationship with money. So, for example, if you think of some of the key qualities of a healthy relationship, things like respect, yeah, things like honesty, things like appreciation, things like generosity. You know, again, if any of the listeners just think of a really good friend, yeah, or your intimate relationship and go, yeah, what are the qualities that make this such a vibrant, healthy relationship? And then look at what you bring to money. Because if you can start to adapt those same qualities to your relationship with money, you'll respect your money. You'll be honest with yourself and honest. You know, I've got one client who looks at his bank account every morning, first thing. Yeah, it's like I'm just, I just want to be honest mm. with myself. Just check it in. And before. Before I started working with him, he would never look at his bank account. <laughs> Talk about aversion. It was like, no, 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 resistance, resistance. But what it does is he notices what, you know, am I coming from fear or love? Okay, this is my situation. Generosity. Yeah, this isn't about being frivolous. But again, you know, when you pay your invoices, a lot of people are resistant and annoyed and, you know, bloody hell, i got to pay the, the electricity bill and, you know, all of that energy. <laughs> It's just showing your relationship with money as opposed to thank you for providing the energy. Yeah. Thank you for mm. the car registration, you know, like thank you for paying the tax, you know. And again, not saying any of this is easy and I'm not saying be flippant. All I'm saying is it's giving you information. And if you want flow, if you want freedom, yeah, if you want true freedom, yeah, this is a big one-to-one -one hook. Just notice how sticky it can get yeah, with this thing called money. Yeah, and you know what? It's that's again sort of a personal uh, observation has come up for me for me in that, in that I you know I spent 25 years of my life working for corporates and on a tax thing, your tax just went, right? It just you, yes. whether it was taken automatically or once a year, you have to do a little assessment and went away. And it was always, oh, the tax. Don't really want to know about it. Now I'm a business owner, and here's here's the observation I didn't think I'd be saying. When I pay uh, various types of tax that I need to pay, I do it with thanks because I know the higher the number, the more successful I've been in that the more mm -hmm. revenue I've generated. And yeah. that, I'm almost saying it out loud, it seems quite perverse to say it, but that's genuinely what's happening. It's like, okay, there you go. Uh, HMRC, as it is, <laughs> take, take my well-earned money. I earned yep. that, uh, and I'm really proud of it. And uh, there is a, there's, a, you know, there's another part, and this is in my values. Is I know that hopefully we'll go and do some good, because that's yep. the point of tax action and living in community and that, and that sort of thing. So that that came up for me. The other the other thing, um, and, it, and I love this area of having a relationship with money, because that almost feels quite radical thinking to me, because I'm not sure a lot of us are 
again, aware, present about having a proactive relationship with money. But quite recently, my wife and I did a household budgeting exercise, first time in ages. Mm. And after doing it, and I got, you know, a picture, I was so relaxed. And the mm. picture wasn't, a, uh, I'm not going to say it was a particularly golden picture. It was quite, okay, we've got some things to work on. But <laughs> I had the information. I knew where I stood rather than operating. And I think I sp probably speak for a few people like this head in the sand, it'll be okay, it'll work itself out. Coming into a more proactive, I now know where we stand, now it's going to work itself out because I'm going to be much clearer about it. That's that's where the, the relaxation yeah. and almost that position of flow um, came to me. Yeah. And, you know, what I hear there with the budget is, one, yeah, you gave it time to look at it. Yeah. Like a healthy relationship. You've got to spend yeah. a bit of time with your, yeah. you know, wealth creation, your income, your budgets, you know, you know, not from a rigid point of view, but just from a, again, the second quality I hear is honesty. Just be honest. Yeah. Like be honest about it. Go, okay. Mm -hmm. This is where we're at. This is where we want to get to. And I'm not suggesting you have to micromanage it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you can start to see the qualities that just that little exercise, you know, that you brought to it. Um, and out of that, yeah, you now have some choices you've made, some direction that you're headed, some alignment with D, you know, all really healthy yeah. things when it comes to this sticky place for a lot of us. Yeah, yeah. And in, indeed, it threw up a lot of conversations that we were either overdue having or didn't think we needed to have around it and all very positive in terms of, oh, what, what else can we, you know, do? Where, where could we maybe invest some of that money or where do we need to cut down a bit in, in this area? And you know, and for my wife, who you know, we've had uh, two children in the last three years, like, what what do I want to do now to start my income creation, and how where where can I come from a place of as you say from a place of love, not fear and abundance, and what do I want to create for myself? And we've had some great conversations off literally off the back of spending some time on an Excel spreadsheet, which again <laughs> is not not something I expected to, <laughs> I'd be talking about. So right, so that fundamental. Starting to fundamentally shift that relationship with money is is a great place to start, you're saying. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, the analogy is if you think about flow, yeah, and you think about a hose pipe, yeah, as soon as you go into resistance, yeah, look, for example, mm. the, the tax bill, you're just kinking the hose. Yeah. And money flows. Money comes, money goes. One of the biggest things yeah, around valuing yourself is the ability to open your heart and be willing to receive. Because if you really believe in abundance, mm. there's so much out there, not just money, love, time. Yet most of us, and certainly my journey as a man is, you know, I blocked my heart. I blocked my receptivity. You know, I went into fear. I went into I'm the provider and all of, all of that story until I started to unpack it and realise, wow, yeah, if I value myself, I am valuable and lovable, just as I am. Same as every listener, every human being. Fundamentally, we're born in love and we are valuable. Yeah, and we have certain gifts we can give the world. When I come from that place and remember that, I'm much more in flow. And then, as I say, money flows. Money comes in, you pay your bills, yeah, you respect it, you save some. You pay down your mortgage, yeah, and you're willing to keep it moving. And so that's the cycle almost. 
you know, that can yeah. happen when you get in the flow. Yeah. No, I love, I love this sort of sense of a, an openness, as I said, this yeah. to receive. It's not, it's, I, I, again, I, I think we have this are often a relationship that it's going one way and it's away from me. Mm. But if we're open to receive it, yeah, it's going to come back. It's going to come back around. And as you say, you know, this is real, this is real world. We are householders. There are going to be bills to pay. There's going to be taxes to pay. There's other demands, but be yeah. open to receive more. Um, so I suppose what another area I just wanted to touch on was you know, there's a lot of energy, a lot of talk around manifestation mm -hmm. uh, right now. Um, there are people that do work in this area. And I did wanted to just get your take on, you know, is is it is it best for me to sit and just think every day, I want more money, I want more money. Is that <laughs> is that manifestation? Is that gonna is that gonna work? Yeah. What's your <laughs> what's your view? I'm sure I haven't represented manifestation terribly well there, but there's more to it. But what yeah, what we might have to do an episode on uh, on manifestation. Yes. Right. So the first the first fundamental difference for people to realize is it's actually not the law of attraction. It's the law of resonance. Mm, yeah. Okay. So the way we manifest is our thinking mind yeah, is the signal that we send out. Remember, thoughts have energy. Yeah. So we so to your point about thinking, yeah, manifesting from the place of thought, choice, yeah, we're sending this signal out. Yet the receptivity comes through the heart. And the reason it's the law of resonance, and as you know, the work I do with, with men yeah, is very much about our energetic field from the inside out. Yeah. yeah. So you can think all you want. You can visualize and vision board all you want. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yet if your vibration from the inside out, the vertical core, which, as you know, we work a lot on, isn't congruent yeah, with yourself and with the external world, yeah, then it's probably not going to give you what you're looking for. Yeah, and so it really yeah. is, you know, getting present, doing doing the work internally, loving yourself, noticing your beliefs, getting in the flow. Yep, and then the external world, the manifestation, as you call it, will start to show up. One of the keys which I wanted to mention around value is working with a lot of clients whether it's professional services, whether it's coaching like yourself, and, and even with products, a lot of people struggle to value themselves. They struggle to charge yes. what they're worth. Yes. And I really want to, you know, support people with this when it comes to money, because this is such a, a challenge for so many of my clients and probably a lot of the listeners. So there's a couple of ways to thin slice this. Obviously, I'm lovable and valuable is still the foundational piece. But the key to know is it's not just about valuing yourself. It's about valuing your product or service. So as you know, Rich, as a coach, if somebody was absolutely committed to working with you in your one-on-one -on -one practice, yep, and they were willing to work with you for six months and do the homework, mm -hmm. would they get their outcome? Yes. Exactly. Is that process valuable? Absolutely. Exactly. That's what your price point mm. is. Mm. It's not valuing rich in, in, you know, in the old way, which is where we often get stuck. It's going, I know if someone worked one-on-one yeah. -on -one with me for six months and we're willing to do the homework, whatever that is, yeah, you will get your outcome. 
Well, I was going to say it, it's 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 creating a a fee, a cost based on outcome versus time spent or input, as I think yeah. a lot of our you know it's a lot of people who work for a corporation will be doing. I'm selling my time to the company, and they remunerate yeah. me accordingly not necessarily looking at the outcomes exactly exactly and also reeling it is realizing it is a collaboration you know the client still has to do whatever's involved you know there's the do it to me the do it for me the do it with me models yeah you know like and usually it's do it with me yeah particularly in in our industry and yeah. those sorts of things and so if they're willing to do do what they say then it isn't time-based as you say it's outcome-based and just feel it for yourself rich like for me it kind of takes that not good enough value not valuable from inside of me you know i'm not it's not that bodhi's anything special or different you know it's more that bodhi together with his process is going to get me the outcome you know what I mean? Like it's like, yeah. and I know that having worked with thousands of people. Um, so I don't know, feel into that for yourself. Does it feel different when you when you put it that way? Yeah, I, I think this um some work I've been doing actually on my beliefs recently around, you know, uh if I put a proposal, for example, to a client, um, and if it if it's a no right now, previously that no would have hurt. Because mm. it's Richard would have been hurt, right? It was a no for Richard. Richard's not valuable enough. Now I'm moving increasing to a place where that no is information. Okay, it's yep. information about the client. It's information maybe about my product set, the timing. It's not a comment on my inherent value, and that has made a huge shift because yep. it ta it takes this f a level of the fear away from putting it out there. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also I think when you're in, in that, that place of fear, when you put something out there, like a proposal, you're much more likely to get a no coming back than a, a yes. Or a, how about we, you know, we'll have a conversation around it and move it around a little bit and play with it together, which is uh, a great place to get to. So yeah, I've been, you know, a uh, case study on this um, quite a lot the last sort of six months. Yeah. Yeah. I recently did a podcast on sales. And when I work with salespeople, you know, I often think salespeople, because I think sales is one of the most noblest things on the planet. You know, sales is essentially supporting people to identify a need and meet it. Yet sales, people who do sales, yeah, such as yourself in your business and, and people who just do sales in, in corporate, um, it's a little bit like being an actor or a performer. You know, you've got to be willing to get the rejection. Mm. you know i think they're very courageous people who audition all the time because again if they take that personally i'm not good enough yet then that would be treacherous territory you know as opposed to like you say it's like okay yeah. clearly not the person for this part or wrong timing whatever it might be yeah i mean i mean you know you, as a, a so many stories of success i think the acting thing's a great analogy by the way of successful actors who have probably knocked down a hundred doors before that one door opened up and it was like, yeah. yes, walk in. And, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, uh, work with quite a few entrepreneurs and some of them say to me, if I'm, if I'm not getting nine no's, uh, out of every 10 proposals I put out, then something's wrong. 
I've got to be putting them out there because everything I get back is information. And then when I get that, yes, it's a huge value. Um, and it's yeah. not, as I say, not taking it um, personally because it's not intended personally. So I think that's really, I think, you know, getting into that area of sales, a very salutary piece of advice for everybody because whether you've got that in your title or not, if you work for a lot of corporates, if you work for yourself, certainly you are doing sales at some point. You've got to be. Um, and I see that as a blocker for a lot of people. They're very good at what they do, but their sales and marketing, I'm not even going to say their skills, their their personal attitude to it comes from fear. And that is such a blocker to growth. Such yep. a blocker. Yep. Yeah, is resistance. And again, if we link it back to money, yeah, business. Yeah, we're all in business to make money. Yeah, having worked with lots of, altruistic spiritual people who resist the, co the concept of building a business yeah, and work with a lot of successful specialist professional services who resist the concept of sales. At the end of the day, as you say, it is just part of the business cycle. Yeah, And mm. believe it or not, it's not about you. Yeah, It's about your process yeah, that you're bringing to the world. Yeah. And as, as I think where we started, it's it's just energy. It's just energy being shifted around, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, if you if you shift your belief around it, you're going to feel so much more flow around that attitude and your relationship with money as we've, as we've touched on. So, well, Bodhi, we've, we've covered a lot in this one. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Again, I feel I've, I've been in partly in the coaching chair myself and I've shared some of my, you know, experience of working with you over time. So I really appreciate that. Um, anything more just sitting with you that you'd like to share with, with the listeners before we check out for today? Just remember that, you know, life is the feedback loop. So whatever you're doing today that involves money, yep, value, paying bills, yep, any of that bank account, just notice what feedback you're getting, what information you're getting. Yeah, and that's a starting point to go, am I in flow or resistance? Do I really want freedom? Yeah, or not? It's the choice. Thank you, Bodhi. Thank you, Rich. Fantastic.